Hello and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Today's show is a very special one. Earlier this week, I was lucky enough to interview two really interesting business people at a conference right here in Mornington. It was the BITE conference, Business Innovation Technology and Efficiency. And I was asked to dive deep into the shark tank on the stage and I was talking with Emma Head, who's Chief Cookie Officer at Sweet Mickey. And Sweet Mickey do these biscuits with quotes on them. They're absolutely delicious. And joining Emma was also a lady by the name of Kate Say. And Kate is co-founder and CEO of Be Fit Food. Now, why the session was called Deep in the Shark Tank is because both Emma and Kate had been on Shark Tank, the TV show. And we talk about their experience, why they went on. Uh, and they actually had the sharks make them offers. And they got to work with Andrew Banks and Janine Ellis. They both worked with Janine Ellis, obviously. Janine Ellis, well, you'll know from her Boost Juice success and uh, it's a really interesting talk and so I actually interviewed them on stage as part of the conference and we've got some really great insights as to not only their experience on Shark Tank but also their business growth and how they're tracking, how they're scaling and also how they're managing themselves personally and they give you some wonderful insights, tips and advice and some really cool pearls of wisdom. So you're going to be listening to that right now and I look forward to speaking to you on the at the end of the show. Hi everyone, nice to see you all here today at the Byte Conference, really exciting. But what's more exciting is our next two guests. So this session is called Deep in the Shark Tank and I apologise for not having my wetsuit on, I couldn't fit into it after eating all the uh, cookies from Sweet Mickey. I should have been eating the Beef Fit Foods. So that's a nice segue into introducing our guests. Uh, the first one, her name is Kate Save and she is the co-founder and CEO. CEO of Be Fit Food. Please give Kate a very big warm welcome to the Bike Conference. And you would have seen some goodies on your chairs from Kate's business, Be Fit Food. So you can eat those without guilt. Unlike the next guest. So you eat this with pleasure and as much possible guilt as you can. She is the founder of a company called Sweet Mickey. Her name is Emma Head. Please welcome Emma. Great. Now, all of you would have got the Sweet Mickey cookies in your bag and I've tasted both. It was preparation and research. I had to do that. Absolutely. I do like the ginger one. Kate, I haven't tried yours yet, but I will. I'm putting that on my list of things to do. Terrible things. So two of my favourite topics today. One is food. So we're talking about that, particularly coming back after lunch. And the other topic that I love talking about is new businesses. And one in particular, both of these lovely people have been on the Shark Tank. Now, that's just come back on telly, and I'm assuming most of you put your hand up if you've watched Shark Tank before on telly. Yeah, okay. All right, so I'm speaking to an educated audience. So we're talking about the shark. Now, today's theme with the bike conference is to be the shark, not the shark bait. Well, these two were not the bait. They were sharks, and they both got the interest of the sharks and both got offers which is incredible. So congratulations, both of you. I think that's wonderful. But what's even more wonderful is 
Who does that? Who puts themselves on television? Now, let's just stop and think about that for a minute. You're going on TV. How nerve-wracking, okay? Did either of you have any media training before you went on television? No. No, okay. All right, so they've gone on television. Then they're not just going on television. They're going on and talking about their new business to five of Australia's savviest, smartest, wealthiest, successful business people. Talk about putting yourself out there. Congratulations. That's an incredible, incredible thing to do. And I have to ask the obvious question. Kate, I'll start with you. Why did you go on Shark Tank? Our business, BeFit Food, uh, was initially trading as bariatric essentials. It was really just a product that we had out there for a small population of people, which was our clients, myself and my business partner, who's a weight loss surgeon. We had about 11,000 patients that um, we thought really would value from our product, which is a rapid weight loss product using real food. We really wanted to make food medicine, basically, and use that as the first point of... Um, action for someone to take other than surgery and medications and um, prior to BeFit Food the only or the gold standard on the market was OptiFast or bars and shakes diets and we really wanted to revolutionise the way that uh, doctors and other health professionals recommended weight loss solutions and to create a real food solution so after the first year of trading just to our very unique group of um, customers who are our patients we decided we really had this product that needed a little bit wider publicity. And the first application we put in for the Shark Tank, we pulled out. We sort of thought we're going to get too hounded on there and we'd watch too much of it to know how bad it could be for your reputation. So second time round, our business really hadn't grown much. So my business partner was still working as a surgeon and I was full-time as a dietitian and we were running BeFit Food on the side. So we had a tiny little um, kitchen shared space up in Bentley and then we decided we wanted to make this much bigger and um, we bought a fish and chip shop for a dollar out in Somerville, we hired our own staff and started making this food. And from that point onwards, I think our commitment was higher. We decided we actually wanted to make a viable business out of this rather than a hobby or a tool to help our own patients just lose weight. So we reapplied for Shark Tank, we're accepted. And um, I think at that point, that's when the nerves set in, knowing that we were going to be potentially tortured on the television show with all the the questions they could ask and I guess particularly for Jeff more so than me um, perhaps even defaced you know as a surgeon or as a dietitian or health professional because they can ask some pretty awful things and at the end of the day they're only there to make good television so they really want to put on you know the worst of the worst or the best of the best and so where did the idea so let's just go back a bit I've just picked up a few I've got so many questions when 45 minutes is not long enough but I'm going to do my best to try and keep to time let's just go back so did you have a published a publicist recommend Shark Tank were you sitting there watching it one day and went hey we can go on this what was that moment how did that happen uh, the moment was the empty bank account, putting my life savings into it. Yeah, but where did it. the idea come <laughs> from? Where did the money? Idea... How do you get yeah, money? Like, were you a big fan of the show? Like, why did you choose that, and why didn't you choose some other path? I just didn't know anybody who would give me money on the basis of an idea that I believed in that nobody else understood. The banks wouldn't give me money. I put my life savings into it, and I was at that point of if we give up now, 
You know, right. we lose that money and we never get so it back again. So it was about again. a significant... So this show it was gave was, it was a vehicle for a significant amount of money. Yeah. Okay. Emma, what was your thought behind going on Shark Tank? Um, well, yeah, similarly, it was to, I guess, raise capital. And um, I started making cookies on my kitchen bench. I worked in marketing and social media. And I saw uh, um, how much people loved food. And in Melbourne, my friends would drive to the other side of the city to get their favourite Peter Piper gelati. And, you know, we'd give each other food as gifts. So I, I definitely saw the power of food as a potential gift. And I just love to make my friends laugh. And I'm one for puns and making fun of things. And um, I started re- making these cookies that said, you know, unlike Kate's product, mine's a treat, an occasional food. It's not an everyday treat. But I started seeing all the green smoothies on Instagram. So I started writing cookies that said kale-free or um, eat your heart out, um, treat yourself. Um, and I started using it as a platform to make people laugh and feel good. So Sweet Mickey is all about taking the mickey and... Um, having a bit of a laugh and one of our most popular products has swear words in it you know i effing love you people want to want something that's real and they want something that speaks to and for them and so i started putting them on instagram and that was my strength i wasn't a baker and all of a sudden i had an order for a, a, a cafe in carlton and i said oh, okay i've got an order i better make this so I, I made the order i shipped it out and then it and then i got another one someone from the big group ate my cookie and said I, who's making this gingerbread it's delicious I want it and it was my mum has a biscuit and cake business in Perth and so I'm not the baker I was at home in on the kitchen calling my mum asking for help but my strength was in the copy and marketing and social media so I definitely um I knew I was onto something um but um and interest was growing but I only really had proof of concept I was doing this business part-time so I left working marketing I was working in retail so I'd go from this glamorous little fashion job to sitting in my kitchen all day on my own with a gas oven on listening to TED talks but knowing that people were loving what I was doing and I really wanted a way to also um show Australia what I was doing get a bit of exposure and get it to market quicker so I definitely went on Shark Tank to get that exposure and to tell Australia about what I was doing and also to potentially get help um, I found myself being a bit isolated running a food business. It's not like a co-working space. You can jump in and, you know, launch your business in or if you're a graphic designer. I, I was sort of felt a bit isolated from that sort of um, collaborative way of working. So um, I really wanted someone to mentor me more than anything. So I wanted someone to help me with strategy. Where do I take this business? How do I grow it? Um, and really fleshing out my own my own plan. So I went on there for exposure and more for help than anything. Okay, let's talk about the help. And if you go onto YouTube, you can see uh, videos of both Kate and Emma on Shark Tank, and uh, I'm sure you'll be as impressed as I am, particularly uh, with Kate's yellow dress, which yellow is obviously part of your brand. So as a, as a brand nut, I did notice that. And I think a lot of the judges noticed it as well, certainly got attention. Now, when uh, you did your pitch to the judges... What was that experience like? Like, how much of that is edited? Like, did it go for five minutes or was it three hours? Yeah, I I guess in the lead up to that, I'd watched every episode of Shark Tank ever made. So for three months, all I did, day in, day out, whenever I had a break, all night long, every morning before work, watch episodes, write notes, write down every question they could possibly answer and know the answers to them. And from that, I guess it, that inspired me to think, well, what, this could be more than just um, getting money because you learn more about your business. Mm. So in learning more about the business, that really helped me to find, I, I guess, more about the business that I couldn't understand before and what makes business successful or not. 
Um, so which sharks did you get an offer from? Uh, so we were, yeah, we, I guess, went through those doors. So it's all as you see on television. You literally are standing out the back. So you fly in the night before at 11 o'clock at night. You get to your hotel and um, we didn't even have a room. So we it's had to go to another Sydney. hotel. Filmed in Sydney. And Universal Studios was closed down. So our next experience was going to some big warehouse. It was 30-something degrees. Um, hair and makeup. Still haven't really met anyone at all apart from the hair and makeup person and someone sort of chauffeuring us into buses and cars. And um, once we're in there, uh, hair and makeup's done and they just said, you know, you'll be on in an hour and off you go. And you go into a big room like this and then walk through some curtains and there's the doors and off you go. You push through those doors and I said, what if the doors don't open? And sure enough, they said, that's never happened before. Doors didn't open. So the cameraman <laughs> ran back into the door. Mm. And then the doors open. And I was out there for two hours and 45 minutes. So two hours on my own. So my business partner, knowing that um, he could get eaten alive, literally, by the sharks, was not willing to go out there. And he said to me, only if you really, really need me, I'll go out there. So... At that point, it got over two hours and I thought, oh, this has been a long time, but there's no break. So I didn't actually know how long it had been. I just thought, I've said everything that I can possibly think of. What else could they possibly ask me? Because they're the, all the questions I can think of. And so I thought, I'll get him out there. And when he came out as well, they did have a really good go at him. They um, said some pretty awful things. And fortunately, a lot of that got edited out. So our two hours and 45 minutes got cut down to about... 10 minutes or something like that. And um, along the way, we had all of the sharks' interest, but they always turn around once it comes to your numbers. And at the end of the day, we didn't know how to run this as a viable business. We were both clinicians. We understood money, but we didn't understand how to really make money of something that was a product, not a service. So in the past, both Jeff and I knew that it was up to us to make the money. As a service, you'd be the best clinician you can be and you'll make money. When you're selling a product, it's not like you can have the best product in the world, but it's not going to sell itself. It's having the best marketing, the best customer service team, the best delivery and transport, the best packaging and all those sorts of things. So I think three of the sharks sort of um, opted out purely because we didn't have numbers on the books that were viable. You know, we'd lost a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, we certainly didn't have a, a great brand strength or marketing. Our packaging was rubbish at that point and our branding as well. But, you know, it was the best that we could come up with not having that skill set and not having any further money to keep pumping into this thing that was sucking the life out of us. And um, then at that point, we did get offers from Steve Baxter and Janine Ellis. And the only reason I think that I'd ever really watched Shark Tank was for Janine Ellis and knowing that I've read all her books that she made boost a household name in 90% of households across Australia within five years. And I thought if we can do that, we'll be successful. So I always had in mind that we were going to go with Janine. I don't think that Jeff really thought that Shark Tank was happening or that we were really doing this. So I don't know how much thought he'd given to who we'd go with if we got more than one offer. So um, Janine and um, Steve Baxter were going to split the offer. And in the end, I just said, hold on, Jeff, no, we're going to go with Janine because you had to go with your gut instinct. And my gut basically said... She's the only one I really thoroughly researched. I didn't know enough about the others. And if they were going to buy into the business and have a big chunk of your business, you need to know who you're working with. You need to know their history. So 
that's why we went with Janine. With Janine. Yeah. And you had Janine say yes to you too, Emma, didn't you? Yes, I did. So I had um, Janine and Andrew both say yes, and they were both the two that I had sort of wanted for a number of reasons. Obviously, Janine with her, you know, brand experience and in that retail market and also Andrew um, being one of the part owners of Krispy Kreme. So um, there was a few synergies there that I recognised and that sort of appealed to me. And I sort of, Steve had a go at me um, and said I was only looking at the, them the entire pitch. And I said, oh, it's a bit of a positional thing. They were, they were the two right here. And I, I subconsciously, maybe I was doing it and wasn't aware of it, but... Um, I was also incredibly nervous, so um, I was looking at those two. Um, and then, um, but yeah, it's all exactly as you see. Um, you sort of out the back, and I had a bunch of schoolgirls. I don't know what the pitch was. I think it was an app, and they were so nervous and sort of screaming and giggling, and I was literally like, you're making me so nervous. And they pitched just before me, um, and I literally had to put headphones in, and I listened to Rihanna's that I have my money, you know that song? And I literally had my makeup done to that song and the whole time and I was like trying to like amp myself up and I just had a little giggle that that's what I was listening to. Um, and yeah, it's all exactly as you see. I don't think I was on for quite that long. I don't even know what it was. It must have been nearly an hour, but something similar happened to me where the doors opened and I saw them and I walked straight out and they're like, all right, she's missed her spot and I'd, I'd walked to the wrong spot and they're like, back you go. And so the sharks didn't say anything and I had to walk out. They shut the big doors again and filmed it again. And then I, I was like, hello again. So, yeah, but it's all, all in one take and it's all exactly as, you know, as you see and, yeah. Okay, so you both got offers and, Emma, you uh, declined at the end to actually do the financial investment with them, but... Janine did invest a lot of time and energy in you. She yeah. still did some mentoring. It's still an open conversation. Yeah. And I went through like seven months of due diligence and they kept wanting to meet with me and they kept wanting more information. And because my business was so young, I didn't have it. I wasn't even doing stock takes. My P&L weren't accurate. And so it was amazing. It made me do my homework and having someone to be accountable you know, too. And that accountability was just priceless because it made me learn my business, do my numbers, and I'm running better business for it. And that's the best thing about Shark Tank. And people always go, oh, did you get the money? And you know, what's happening? And I'm like, I don't think of it that way because I got this eight months of working with them. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly went on so prematurely. Maybe I went on too soon. I didn't really know enough about my business and I'd only really had a year a year's worth of of trade and income and it wasn't even me doing it full time. So um, Janine was amazing and Andrew was great. He sort of more conference called in. And I think that was trickier getting two sharks is one's in if the other's in and what's the other one going to do? And, you know, it's not a simple decision for them. They really want that other person in. And, you know, if Krispy Kreme could do things and it was, a re it was really complicated dealing with the two of them. And you didn't know who was going to make a meeting and, you know, but it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah. And Andrew was awesome and he'd chime in with his random ideas on the phone. Um, and it was, yeah, it, it was invaluable. And yeah. so um, it's still an open conversation with Janine and I've sort of hit the ground running this year running my business and all of a sudden it's June and I'm like, oh, so, um, yeah, that's sort of where I stand. It's still me running my business, but she's definitely someone I can go to when I need to. So that's, that's handy. Handy. Kate, now you're still working with the Sharks. You were actually on Shark Tank Monday night. Yeah, weren't last, you? last Tuesday night. Yeah, so they yeah. did a catch-up to see where you were at. Yeah. And so when you're working with Jan – you're just working with Janine now? Just Janine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'd imagine she's extremely busy. And I think, how does she manage her time? So do you have to book a meeting in three months prior, or how does it work? 
Uh, she's very, very good at time management. So if she, you know, put up her hand for all the things she does well, time management is huge. And um, obviously for her, she's got her personal assistant who's extremely organised as well. So all, we've got a whole year worth of meetings booked in. I have mentoring with her every month. It's locked in every month. We've got at least one meeting as a shareholders meeting every month as well. Without fail, on the 16th of every month, we need to send all of our reports, like full shareholders reports with absolutely everything, what's going in on with the numbers, the sales, the marketing, the retail team, the customer service, what promotions are on, what's Google Analytics doing, um, what's our customer retention rate, um, uh, looking at our forecasts and our budgets, are we hitting those numbers or do we need to update all of the forecasts and budgets? Uh, when are we going to Brisbane, which is now next month, and South Australia? So our plans to be nationwide. And basically, if you've put it on paper, you want to do it, she's going to hold you accountable. What date are you doing that? Oh, we'll do that next month. So everything that you say you want to do, you do. So it's a, it's a doing plan with her, I guess, that... Um, nothing's just words. Every single thing that you discuss in a meeting will get taken down in minutes on an agenda and you're accountable to every single thing you say. So if you say, next month we're going to make profit, the opening line for the, the next meeting will be, now going through last month's meetings, uh, you said you definitely made profit. How did you go with that? Uh, not so well. Well, let's talk about that. How can we improve that? Where are your cost of goods? And, you know, if cost of goods are out by 3%, she, you need to explain every 0.5 of that percent as to why those cost of goods are out. So um, the mentoring has well and truly outweighed the benefit of that um, that funding. But I guess for us, we needed that funding. All the doors were shutting. We couldn't pay our rent. We couldn't pay our staff. So that money was to keep the doors open. And then from that point onwards, it's the mentoring, the accountability. And it's how tough she is. She's, she's hard in business, but you need someone that is hard. Otherwise, I, I'm very easygoing. My life's grey. Her life's black and white. So when you've got someone who makes you accountable for everything, you just get it done, particularly if you don't want to disappoint people. So yeah. <laughs> Now, going on something like Shark Tank, the obvious is you're putting yourself out there and you're also opening yourself up for criticism. And I know with uh, when Kate went on with BeFit Foods, there was a company that had a similar brand name who came out and said, your claims were unsafe. Uh, they had quite a bit of negative criticism about about it. How did you handle that? I guess at the end of the day, you've got to, if you're going to go out there with an idea, make sure you've done all your research. So our product scientifically formulated, we, we've been working on it seven years. So it was seven years before we even sold our first product. And we did all of our testing. We've done all of our research. We've got a, a published clinical trial. So we knew, no matter what anyone said, that we had the data to support that it was a safe and effective weight loss tool. And I guess both being experts in our industry, so Jeff's a very um, well-known um, weight loss surgeon and I've been practising in dietetics for 13 years now. So we knew our stuff. So it didn't matter what people said. At the end of the day, you just didn't pay attention to it. If you listen to what everyone has to say, most it, you mostly get the negative, negative comments. So it's very, well, it's not as often that people will give you a compliment about your business or tell you how well things are going or how much they're enjoying it. They're always going to call when they've found a date peep in their protein ball and or, you know, something else has gone wrong. So um, when other businesses criticise us, I guess at the end of the day... Um, 
so that particular company, um, we had addressed that with them and we had our trademarks. We've got our trademarks all over the world now, Europe, um, the US and here in Australia. And we'd addressed it with their lawyers, but they thought as a good PR stint, they would report it to the Herald Sun, the Daily Mail and any other media because it was going to make a great story for yeah, them. Yeah. So they just went that path of getting some publicity out of it. And we said, hey guys, we've our lawyers have dealt with this nine months ago. What, why are you rehashing this? No response. So, There's some really good lessons there about resilience, trademarking. Think about just because you've registered. I'm sorry, I'm just going off, off piece a little bit here. I'll get on my soapbox. It's under here and under here. I get it caught off. And just because you've registered a business name with ASIC now doesn't mean you own that from a trademark's the highest form of legal uh, ownership. So a tip there, go and see if, uh, if, if someone owns your trademark of your business name. If not, grab it. It's not that expensive to do. So I think that's really good advice. Now, when you are drawing attention to, your, to yourself and, uh, and coping with criticism and negativity, the other thing it draws attention to are copycats. So, Emma Head from Sweet Mickey, how do you deal with competition? So competition, people have gone, hey, that's a good idea. I can do that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, I've got a product that's pretty easy to replicate and I definitely had that issue to start. I had other cake makers. Everyone just suddenly started doing wedding cookies with words and names. And I never claimed to invent the letterpress. I found it in my mum's kitchen, said, what's this? And I had the idea to write my own words. And so... I guess my point of difference was my brand. It was funny. It had its own tone. And so that's what I really tried to protect. And that was the advice I got from Janine is protect your brand. It's not necessarily about what you're doing, but, you know, you've got to get your house in order in terms of that protection. Um, and it's funny because at the start, it's, it's a little bit disheartening when you see someone copying what you're doing and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, it's always going to happen. Um, and it, I found it really confronting and it's quite personal um, but I've definitely come past that and I, I have a really good friend, Kaz, who started Nectar and Stone and she's one of the leading dessert makers and she and I have connected over this and she's been a great mentor to me in how to deal with this and she always approaches it from a, a point of kindness and that's, food's a bit different to protect, you know, you can't trademark all things. I've got words and things that can sort of work in my favour. Um, I've got a little bit more protection than someone making a chocolate or a cupcake or a donut but those sort of things get copied all the time so I definitely... Running this business, I have sympathy for anyone who creates something unique. I would never look to replicate what someone else is doing. And I think just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Like, oh, I can make that. All right, I'm going to go copy it and I'm going to do it. And I'm really, I love people that do things in their own way. But funnily enough, some of the people that copied me originally, they've come to be my friends and they, they've found their own unique way to do it. And their brand is more girly and they've really, they offer other products. And so I'm not at all threatened by that. And I think competition is good. It increases the category. You know, a quote cookie for a brand or a business is now a bit more of a, a promotional product and it didn't really exist before. So I think it's really good to encourage growth in your category. And it also makes you, um, and so am I, um, the thing that it really taught me is just um, I always focus on what I'm doing and I don't really look at what my competitors are doing. I should probably check in and see what they're offering around certain yeah, events. I do sometimes, but I really focus on doing what I'm doing. But recently I have had a, a, a like-for-like copycat of everything that I'm doing in the New Zealand market. Every word I write, prices, flavours, everything. That's been really tricky and I'm still dealing with that. Um, but um, I guess also sometimes you see what they're doing and you go, oh, they're doing 
that better than I did. And you're learning from them and you're like, oh, wow. All right, well, what I'm doing can be done. What's next for me? What's next for my business? What other products can I? So it makes you innovate and go, well, all right, well, this can be done. What's next? So where's this brand heading? What else can I do? And how, and my lawyer always used that um, analogy of sailing. It's like, be focused, look ahead and be the leader. Stop looking back and around you and just really trying to innovate. So I think when you've got, it doesn't matter what you're doing in this room, if you've got competition, just really look at thinking, well, what can I do? How can I innovate? What else can I do? I want to be the leader no matter what I'm doing. Um, and sometimes it makes you sort of check yourself and go, oh, wow, they're doing that better than me. I probably need to... Well, it's sort of disrupting yourself before someone else does. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a really good message. Thanks, yeah. Emma, for sharing that with us. Uh, Kate, you uh, started here on the Mornington Peninsula, Be Fit Food, which is pretty cool. And you're talking about uh, going nationally, so scaling. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges about scaling your business. Um, I guess from we had a really unique situation where we had 1,500% growth overnight. So we literally went from having 30 orders a week to having in the thousands of orders a week. Now every order is 21 meals, so do the maths on that. We're talking maybe 30,000 meals a week now instead of a few hundred meals. So for us, overnight, we had to find a solution. So we basically had a backlog of orders for six weeks. And at that point, we had to close down our little kitchen in Somerville, find a much bigger commercial kitchen facility. We also had our warehouse in Mornington that has a small shop converted into a head office. So even this week alone, we're building more offices out the back of this warehouse. So we've built, I think, six offices now out there. And our staff went from having five staff to six. 63 staff. So not only did you need to understand your business, you needed to know how to lead people, how to work with people, how to manage people, how to do contracts and all these sorts of things. And when your business grows that quickly, you don't have all of those skills and you don't have time to get them. So my first piece of advice there is hire experts in every field that isn't your field of expertise. And then that way you have the best of the best team and everything that gets done gets done the right way as well. And there's no mistakes, no wasted time, and you can focus on what you do best. Um, so you're hiring the right people is really important for scaling. And I guess always looking to the future, knowing what your vision is and backing yourself, knowing that if you want to get there, you have to take that next step. You have to invest in your freezers, invest in... Uh, like our packaging could, you know, we want to change our packaging. We're kind of going, oh, we have to order 180,000 of these. So the upfront cost of these things are huge, but you have to be able to back yourself. Are you going to be able to afford to pay for it? And sometimes you don't know that because to be able to afford to pay for that, you've got to sell more food again next week and the week after and the week after. So at the end of the day, you just have to make decisions and back yourself and make sure that you never stop working on your business, promoting your business and believing in it. Because the moment that you think, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, you don't order that packaging and then your competitor does outweigh your product and you need to keep innovating and um, treat it like a big business and head in that direction full steam ahead. Yeah, great pearls of wisdom. Emma, uh, if you'd like to leave everyone with a tip or a bit of advice, they're maybe, you know, looking at starting a new business, they know someone's starting a new business, they're looking at leaving the security of corporate world into starting a new business, what bit of advice would you give them? 
I think it's really easy to have lots of ideas and get a bit overwhelmed with, you know, what direction you should take. But I think just start it and, and just begin it. Or as Nike said, just do it. But I had a friend say to me over a dinner table, never forget it. And I had all the, because I was starting another business at the time. And then I had this idea and she said, well, go on, do it. And it was kind of that challenge. And so I think it's really good to have someone that challenges you around you. And she is a great business owner herself. And she challenged me to just start it, begin it, make make a start and so um it's sweet mickey's been really great for me to focus on do one thing and do it well and focus on that um and you can't do everything so i think my quote would be just just begin it just start it and also to do one thing and do it well have you got a cookie with that on it no i don't well there you go there's but another can be arranged another i know people who know people <laughs> and we can Wonderful. if anyone's interested 20 characters or less, whatever you want to write. That's, that's Yes, actually I noticed that if you go onto your website, you can write your own quote or you can put your business name on there or your own name. And actually as you put it on there, it comes up and gives you what it's going to look like. I think that's a fabulous idea. Yeah, I've been wanting to do it for ages, so it's yeah, now Yeah, it's live. really great. Yeah. Has anyone got any questions of Kate or Emma just as we wrap up this deep in the shark tank panel? If you do, stand up, yell out. Yes. Uh, sorry, what's your name? Oh, Kate. Kate wants to know, to ask Kate, obviously. That's a surprise, isn't it? At least you don't have to remember her name. I uh, wanted to know, Kate, about when she was going through growth, the growth stage of her business, how she managed that. Best tip is make sure you're a good person and everyone will come to your beckoning call when you go, oh, my God, I need help. All my friends, all my family, my 75-year-old dad, my brother, my sister, and then friends that I'd met along the way. So a, a girlfriend who's here, she'd employed me as a contractor in her business only a couple of months before that. And she'd um, sold her business and she sort of said, if you need a hand, let me know. And I said, oh, I'm in Sydney at the moment. I don't even know what's going on because it had been on the night before. And that morning we were filming on Studio 10. And I said, but I heard there's a, a line out the door that's maybe a few hundred metres long now and I know that we got more orders than we can possibly imagine and we'd actually saturated a call centre that not only was Victoria-wide but then Australia-wide. We'd put in seven new phone lines and we had 35 other people taking our calls and I said, if you could just go in there and have a look and she's never left so I owe Sarah thank you for that. She's in the front row and... Um, so, you know, you have to have support. You have to know, you know, you can call on people when you need to because you can't manage it all. You can't do it by yourself. And at the end of the day, everyone believed that we could do it and we got through it and it was a mess. But ask for forgiveness afterwards. Just do what you can do at the time and, yeah, at some point you'll make it up to everyone. <laughs> Great, good answer. Anyone else like to ask a question just as we wrap up? And thank our, I'm just looking around, no, no hands, cool. Okay, great, means we're on time, thank you. I'm sure um, Kate and Emma will be hanging around maybe a little bit, so if you've got a question you'd like to chat with them, they're happy to. And also, I'm assuming you'll accept most LinkedIn requests and you're also quite active on social media, the both of you, so they're easy to contact, which is always a good start. Kate Say from Be Fit Food, thank you very much for joining us today. And Emma Head from Sweet Mickey. Please give them a round of applause. Thank you. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. I hope you enjoyed this very special show today where I was deep in the shark tank with Emma Head from Sweet Mickey. She's the Chief Cookie Officer. 
and also Kate Save, who's the co-founder and CEO of Be Fit Food. And I interviewed them on stage, which you've just heard on today's very special show, as we broadcast live from the Mornington Racecourse at the Byte Conference, Business, Innovation, Technology and Efficiency. It's been a wonderful conference. I highly recommend next year for you to come, so keep an eye out for that. It's really bringing a big city conference into a regional area like Mornington. So it's a big city conference, not in a big city. There's been a really great uh, calibre of guests and I really enjoyed that chat with Emma and Kate. They were really great and I look forward to following their success and we hope you feel a bit inspired from that and learn some new things. And if not, the podcast will be on the website rlpfm.com.au And don't forget to keep taking care of your business and we'll speak to you and look forward to your company next Friday at 11am.